TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Been a long, long regular season in both hockey and basketball, but the playoffs are about to begin, folks. Should be very exciting. Big Dog Joe Rodwanski and the coach with you up until 11 o'clock here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. I am excited about the great individual matchups of the playoffs. A Derek Rose taking on an Enrique Sedin. A Patrick Kane trying to score on the open ice against the power inside game of a Dwight Howard. I think there should be great matchups in the playoffs. Speaking of great matchups, my better half, much better half, I might add, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Joel, what do you think about the D-Rose versus Enrique Sedin matchup? Uh, I really, I think he's much more explosive than the other guy. (laughs) Which other guy are you talking about? Uh, well, it all depends on whether you're talking about court or ice. Yeah, I got my, I got my hockey. Uh, you know, my dreams are all messed up, guys. You know, my dreams are always messed up. But I got the the hockey playoff thing going. I got the uh, the NBA playoff thing going. I got weird matchups, strange things happening to me, big dog. I probably could use some good psychological advice right now. I don't know if you can offer it or if you, maybe you could refer me to somebody. Uh, you're past any psychological help, coach. Ouch. Ouch. That's that it's a bad thing, typically. So at this point, I just got to grin and bear it, and when the playoffs are over, maybe return to some kind of normalcy? Um, yes, Coach, but I, the best part of it now is not even realizing you need help and just living your <laughs> life through it. Uh, ignorance well, the, is bliss, huh? Yeah, the acknowledgement of it really doesn't help you whatsoever. All right, thank you very much. Big dog, great to talk to you. got lots on the docket. Beautiful Wednesday here. By the way, in the fine city of Chicago, I was uh, about to enjoy the weather. Spring has sprung. Everything is good here. And then uh, weather forecaster David Olson, our fine producer, comes in and completely spoils my day by saying, get used to it or don't get used to it because today is going to be a nice day and then the rest of the week absolutely garbage. So uh, get outside and enjoy it while you can today. Well, is it going to snow today? No, no. Today will be beautiful. It might, is what I meant. it might snow this weekend. Okay. We're going to build up to it. That's what I was trying to tell my, my, my new co-workers from California. They're like, wow, you, you were right, Joel. It's absolutely beautiful here in the spring. And I'm mm-hmm. like, don't expect it to last. They're like, then they gave me a dirty look. Like, what? I thought you said it's going to get nice soon. I said, like, May 1st. I said, as soon as you have a beautiful day in April, that only means 10 days mm-hmm. from that exact beautiful day means that it's going to be yep. negative something. Yep. Mother Nature has got a, a mean streak in her, no question about it. And she'll she'll toy with you. I know over the years she'll play with you. She'll toy with you. She'll tease a little bit. She'll turn that little faucet on of nice weather, and then oh, enjoy that. All right, remember how it was, and then boom, off it comes, and bang, you got a late April snowstorm, and everyone's in depression again. Yeah, yeah. Every time we have like a sixty-eight and sunny day in late February, I just mm-hmm. I, I worry about that week in in the middle of April that we get mm-hmm. absolutely hammered for it. I could actually see, and I know you've had many and many a job, but I could actually see you doing a little television weather casting. I think you'd bring a new vent to the weather forecast. You could show a little lag. You could use that big stick and point to the different things on the map. I think you might have a future as a weather caster, Big Doc. I appreciate you giving me so much credit with the big yeah. stick, Coach. 
But uh, I, to be honest with you, I, I've always wanted to be a weatherman. I can read mm-hmm. Doppler. I mean, how hard is it? It's green over here. It's blue yeah. over here. But you got to be right uh, here. Yeah, the tech, technicality of it, you're exactly correct. But you got to have the entertainment value. You got to have a little panache, especially for TV. I think you could bring that. You, you know who is the famous, most famous weatherman in the history of of the planet, right? He started as a weatherman. Uh, who's that? Jim. Famous... Go ahead. Jim Campuso, or who was that guy on the Weather Channel, the uh, the muscle-bound steroidal guy? No, I'm not talking about that guy. Somebody okay. who actually became a an American icon really? started out as Ooh. weatherman. Good trivia question. An American icon. So Joel's playing coy here. Uh, okay. that... I'll, keep on, I'll keep on adding okay. his, uh, what do you call it, trivia. Then it's All really right. easy, Coach. Everybody that has has owned a television in the last 30 years knows who the guy is. Hmm. You got David Olson and Quandry. Any of our listeners, you want to answer our uh, first rather intriguing, if I don't say mind saying so myself, trivia question of the day, 888-463-6748. So if you go into TV, no, I, I know the answer, but I'm going to let you sweat it out. I know the yeah. answer. Oh, gee, thanks. And, and, I'm gonna, I'm just and it's, and it's actually this. longer than 30 years. He's been on TV longer than 30 years, hasn't he? He, he? he has been, David. Absolutely. I just figured for the last 30 years, he's definitely been known by everybody. Mm-hmm. But you're right. He's been on television longer than 30 years. And just another hint, Coach. Yeah. Uh, since we said this Midwestern weather, I will say this: he's from the Midwest. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Right now, the only name I can come up with is Bozo the Clown. Not far from it. Not far. <laughs> I'll throw in. He famously made the switch from NBC to CBS. Oh boy. Not as a, as a weather person, or just made, oh. no, not as a weather Walter person. Cronkite. No, Dan Rather. No. From NBC, he has a scholarship at the college that he attended, the university, excuse me, that he attended, and it's given out to somebody that got nothing but C's while they're at that school, and then their senior year, this guy <laughs> pays for their school because he got straight C's when he was at this school you, but, in Muncie. You mean a particular school has a scholarship for a C student to succeeded? Is that no, no, oh. no, 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 no? This particular entertainer, okay, pays for a Seniors, senior year in college, if they got straight C's at, to at the school that he went to. Think of it, is it a talk show host? He's a talk show host. NBC to CBS, not Jay Leno. <laughs> 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 not sure if the answer was wrong or our producer just passed guess. There's a fine line between the two. He throws a lot of pencils, Coach. Uh, Johnny Carson? Coach. He throws a lot of- <laughs> Dave, oh, David Letterman. Yes. David Letterman started out as a weathercaster. What a great story Letterman's been. Wait a minute, too. Letterman's been on TV for over 30 years? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, it was a joke when he was on in the early 80s. He would always say, yeah, I've been on since the late 50s. <laughs> yeah. well, technically, he's been on for 60 years, Coach, according to him. So Interesting. I mean, I remember him as one of those stand-up comedians who would come on the Johnny Carson show. You remember him that from that? Oh moment? yeah, yeah. I have to admit, I yeah. only I knew he was around, obviously, because yeah. you don't just get a talk show. In the beginning, but, he would he would simply fill in. No, he would be a you know a, a comedian come on for ten minutes or whatever. And of course, the tradition on the Johnny Carson show was if the young comedian did good, he would invite him to the couch. Uh, not all comedians he would do that, but then Letterman, uh, as he came on more and more, he started filling in as an actual. Um, guest host when Johnny Carson couldn't make it, which was usually about, what, four out of five days of the week Johnny would take off towards the last 20 years of his career? Yeah, I mean, Leno filled it out, I don't know how uh, many times for him. Right. 
But yeah, Letterman and, uh, started off as a weathercaster, huh? Yeah, yeah, as a weathercaster in like not even an Indianapolis coach. He started out as like a weathercaster in in like Muncie, Indiana. Interesting. That's where he that was his first job. Interesting. And he eventually turned it into what he has now. With, mm-hmm. So he must have done something right. All right, there you go. Those are the fascinating topics that we bring up on the two guys at a mic show. You never know which way we go. We certainly don't. But uh, more information like that, more mindless trivia coming at you. For the remainder of the show, again, you want to check in, uh, you want to uh, ask us some trivia questions. We're always willing to play Stump the Pole, one of our favorite games, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, you sound like things are going good. You're chirping out there, even though your beloved Cubs took it on the chinny-chin-chin last night. 11-2, to the Houston Astros knock off your beloved Cubs. Not a lot of positives yesterday, Doug. Well, did you? I went in yesterday's game hoping our starter would give us three innings. Yeah, coach. and I criticized you for that. Okay, so do you really think I'm upset that they lost yesterday? It's not like I, I went out and, and put mm-hmm. the mortgage on my home up for a bet on that. No, it, it was uh, it was kind of expected, even though it was from one of the worst teams in baseball. Mm-hmm. You really can't start James Russell and expect to win a Major League Baseball game. I guess the only positive was that uh, Samarja was, was pretty bad yesterday, which is a major improvement. Ugh. Every time I, mean, I... Uh, Starling Castro had another excellent day yeah. at the plate. We, let's look at the positives, Coach. Mm-hmm. Marlon nice Bird had uh, Marlon Bird had a couple of hit. Tyler Colvin. They're going to need him this year. He had a home run and a double. Apparently, yeah, Jeff Samarja pitched. Apparently, Samarja pitched a decent inning or two. Every time I tune in and watch Jeff Samarja, he is bad. In the inning that I tuned in, he could not find the strike zone, struggling, struggling, struggling. And the few times he did find the strike zone, the ball found the gaps between the outfielders. Yes. Yes, that's, that pretty much sums it up, Coach. <laughs> he, uh, he, he threw a couple decent innings yesterday, actually. Mm-hmm. It was, it was kind of, it was weird. I was like sitting there, I was like, wow, he's getting people out. He's, He's, Man, he was the getting, guy. Maybe maybe he is supposed to be a starter coach because he really started getting a lot more movement uh-huh. with the ball later in the game. But to be quite honest with you, Jeff Samarja at the best is an emergency fifth starter. Yeah, okay. And I, can you imagine the money they gave this kid? Yep. This kid's been paid more money by the Cubs now than Sterling Castro has. Wow. Sterling Castro has. probably. I bet you he's been paid at least $5 million more million by the Cubs than Sterling Castro has. Mm-hmm. Coming out of Notre Dame, of course, he had to make the – Rather public decision whether he was going to go for the football draft or the baseball draft. He decided to go the baseball route. Probably could have uh, hung on and been an NFL football player, but thus far the Major League Baseball career of a Jeff Samarja indicates maybe he should have picked football, big dog. It, it's hard. It's hard to – one of the hardest positions in all the sports to, to go figure from the one level to the other is wide receiver coach to yeah. figure out if the guy will actually be good. But if you figure about Brady Quinn has done nothing in the NFL, maybe Samarja was that good because he was his number one receiver at Notre Dame, and that offense was incredible. He set every record at Notre Dame, don't forget. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, was, he wasn't he was like, oh, Samarja's a nice little college receiver. Samarja was a dominant force at Notre Dame. He seemed like he was scoring a big touchdown every single week. You know, that stupid little – he came up with the, the no, no, no signal after touchdowns, remember? No, I, I did not know that was Samarja who started You know that? the wag? Yeah. yeah. We'll get right to the camera and wag the finger. Uh-huh. So you know if you're starting your own end zone dance, you got to be there enough that people says, wow, oh. hey, every week we're doing the no, no, no dance. So. That should have been his first indication that maybe you should have picked football instead of uh, baseball. 
But he, boy, he just labors out there. And the, the good athletes in any sport, they make it look easy. The ones that, uh, struggle, you know, they, they labor. They make it look like a struggle. And that's what Samarja has been out on the pitcher's mouth. But the bottom line is Cubs lose at 11 to 2. Big dog, it's early, very early. And again, baseball fans, you want to check in. Love to hear from you. Your comments on the fine sport of Major League Baseball about one tenth of the way, one twelfth, fifteenth, whatever the fraction is through the season. There is a bit of a trend and it's early. With the Chicago Cubs, big dog, and it's kind of uh, on again, off again, on again, off again. As predicted, they seem to be a ball club destined to hang around that 500 mark. Yeah, that's that, that's what that's what I told you, coach. And, and I don't consider 82 and 80 a successful season for the Chicago Cubs, not with the way the roster is constructed now. If we had a five or six more young guys and, and a few less of the Sorianos and Fukudomes mm-hmm. uh, of the world, I would be really happy with an 82 and 80 season. But now I'm just sitting there, shrug my shoulders, and just watch the watch the games basically for Starlin Castro and, and some of the other young pitchers. And hopefully, we'll get to see some of those young pitchers mm-hmm. soon if they get off the 15 day disabled list. Brand new coach Mike Quade is finding it is uh, indeed, as we all know, and I'm sure he knew as well. It's a lot harder to win when the games count than it is uh, at the end of the regular season when the team's playing loose and relaxed. It hasn't been as easy for Coach Quad so far. Well, let's face it. Look at the look at what he's been put, like late in his lap. Are you kidding me? I mean, to lose Wells and Cashner. I mean, if you figure, yeah, I understand cutting Carlos Silva, coach, because you know, yeah, pay his contract, get him out of here. He isn't going to help the ball club enough to win the World Series. So why waste? any starts when we could give one to Andrew Kashner to, to develop him as a pitcher because, quite honestly, Kashner's probably going to be just as good as Carlos Silva, probably better. Mm-hmm. You know, but still, when you when you have two starters <laughs> at the same time at the beginning of the season and you're not really – I mean, they signed Doug Davis to a minor league contract yesterday. Yikes. That's how dire the situation is for the, for the Cubs right now. Yeah, that was, I think Doug team. Davis was my grandfather's favorite player. And it was just because he was lefty, right? Because he he had an affinity for lefties. Because you're a lefty, mm-hmm. Davis is a lefty. Yeah, apparently, you if knew Doug, my you knew my grandfather well. If Doug Davis was right-handed right now, he'd be drying off somebody's <laughs> car. Really, really nice trying to get a better fit. Okay. Ah, oh, nicely played. <laughs> All right. No offense to Doug Davis. Yeah, so much for the veteran picks up. They picked up another pitcher, right? The Cubs in, in the minor league system. They're hoping to move up. I forget who it was. They. Oh, they've got a couple players in in the minor league system, and, and the the only thing is the guys that supposedly were lights out, dynamite, unbelievable, were traded. Those two guys, you know what I'm talking about? They had they had the the number one hitting prospect in their minor leagues mm-hmm. and the number one pitching prospect in the minor leagues, and Sam Folt, mind you, were traded for Matt Garza. Mm-hmm. So at least Matt Garza has one of those. Uh, You'll be happy. Starting spots, coach. You'll be happy to know the other pitcher that uh, they picked up, putting in the minor league system, Ramon Ortiz. Ramon Ortiz, now a member of your Chicago Cub minor league system, and I think he's about uh, forty-two years old as well. Okay. Oh, are you talking about uh, the veteran Ramon Ortiz, coach? Yes, from the uh, Anaheim Angels. This says in the paper here he's trying to resurrect his career. The best I can remember, his career wasn't that good, so it's not a yeah. tremendous resurrection project. Yeah. He he is not. He he pitched for the Giants for a little bit. He had like a couple decent seasons, and by mm-hmm. decent, I mean he went like fourteen and eleven. Yep. You know what I mean, Coach? Those were like his best years. Now ever. don't 
Don't confuse Russ Ortiz, the ex-giant, with oh, no, Ramon Ortiz. Russ Ortiz, kind of like the Edwin Jackson, Russ Ortiz has yeah. had 20 win seasons. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I mean, and he's also had yeah. like 19 lost seasons and ERAs above seven. He's a big strapping young man. Russ Ortiz is large. Yeah. <laughs> Just large, huh? Yeah, he's he's puffy, uh-huh. coach. Okay. Legitimately. Alright. Height and weight, unknown, physical description, large. <laughs> Just in general, large. At any rate, uh, the Cubs continue to struggle. White Sox on the other hand on the south side, big doing it. Came up with a victory, nicely done, six to five. And you've heard me talk about, I'm not going to say he's the best player in Chicago, but I think he's one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting to watch. My guy, Alexi Ramirez, couple of home runs. You know how he never hits in April, never hits in the cold weather. He's doing better this year, although still not that good. But the bottom line is game-winning walk-off homer, two outs, bottom of 10 at Comiskey Park. Big shot for the White Sox, and they needed that because they were they're kind of in that same fold as the Cubs. Win again, lose again, win again, lose again. you got to break that streak. Alexi Ramirez did that indeed. Yeah, you know, like the Sox on paper look phenomenal. You know, they just have to they have to put it to fruition yes. in, in order to start playing well. So, and sometimes you need some some clutch hits by somebody, get them on a roll, and the next you know they can take a deep breath and and start playing like the club that they are. And mm-hmm. you know, you call him the best player in Chicago, coach. No. No, I didn't say the best. No, no, but then you corrected yourself and said, well, the most exciting. Yes. Well, you know, he's better than anybody that starts on the Chicago Cubs. Starla Castro has a much higher upside. He really does. Because I really do think uh, Alexei Ramirez is right about near the top of where he's going to be at. So, But if you think about what he brings to the table, offensively and defensively, if he could ever draw a walk and not swing at garbage pitches, kind of mm-hmm. like Starlin Castro, mm-hmm. He would, I think he'd be without question the best player in Chicago. Shortstop, catchers, center fielders, they mean more, coach. Mm-hmm. And he plays a very good defensive shortstop. So. Yeah, with, with the ability, it's almost Derek Rose like you, where you're, you're waiting. Waiting for the moment. Now, obviously, he doesn't get the ball as much as a Derek Rose, but he has that wow factor. Alexi Ramirez not only can make the routine play, he'll mess up on occasion the routine play, but boy. But he does that a lot less often than he did yes. early on. Yes. In 08, it was like ridiculous. Yep. You're just like, just hit a ground ball to him and that, that'll yep. be good for your team. And that wasn't so, so much physical. That was just the mental concentration with underrated aspect of being ready each and every pitch, each and every game. There is that mental, uh, Preparation you got to go through. He struggled in that, but boy, his ability to make some just absolutely sensational plays, almost Ozzie Smith like, who was one of the few guys that I remember, big dog, that I would actually watch on TV, not so much for his bat, but I mean, one of the very, very, very few that I'd ever watch a game for just to watch him play defense. And uh, as a diehard Cub fan, yep, who watched every single game, I, I, I don't know how many hundreds of hits. He saved in the Cub games that I watched because mm-hmm. they played 18 times a year back then, and yeah, Ozzie Smith won a bunch of games for the for the mm-hmm. Cardinals. But, but, but uh, he did it in up, spectacular fashion and very charismatic. You brought up uh, Derrick Rose last night goes into the Garden, and you know, sad to say, Coach, but that maybe your games that you have inside Madison Square Garden mean a little bit more for your MVP voting, especially when it's a, a national game. But mm-hmm. Derrick Rose goes in and has a again, plays phenomenally well, consistent all the way through the game. And like you said, a couple of those flashes, some of those dunks that he had yesterday, the alley-oop where he caught it and had to snap the ball back because he was going underneath the hoop, so he mm-hmm. had to like grab it and throw it behind his head really quick in order to get it down because he would have been underneath the basket. 
oh my goodness, Coach, that was unbelievable. It was unreal. I did, they, did not see the game yesterday, but uh... <laughs> oh, so you missed you missed the steal and then uh, the breakaway double pump reverse dunk all by himself. Uh-huh. There was nobody around him. Oh, yeah. Coach, he had a. He had number one and number two for highlights on uh, ESPN. <laughs> oh. But they messed him up. They put the reverse double pump dunk in as number one. When he caught the ball and had to, like, snap it back, you, you got to see the two Derrick Rose dunks. They're they're ridiculous. They're the best he may have had this season. Wow. And that that's that's saying a lot. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. There, there's a lot. You take the Derrick Rose highlight uh, reel, and that, that's a pretty tough editing job for some film film guy out there because – Boy, he has been spectacular all season long for the Bulls. That was their, what, their eighth win in a row, right? Yes, and that put him at 61 wins on the season, which means that they'll be at worst 40 games above 500. Amazing. When the season's done. Amazing. And if they can win the 62nd game, that puts them over that magical 750 mark, which means that they won three more games than mm-hmm. to the one they lost as a ratio throughout it's the absolutely season. Absolutely amazing. I think right now they're tied for best record. We've already clinched, obviously, the Eastern Division with the Chicago Bulls right now tied with the San Antonio Spurs for the best record overall. Uh-huh. So if the two teams met in the NBA Finals, that final regular season game might mean something. But it's just, just to, to have an eight-game win streak, Big Dog, and to finish in first place, and it's almost... I don't want to say becoming routine. I don't want to say becoming expected, but it's not as huge of a story. Bulls fans are beginning to get used to it, and I guess that's an ultimate compliment to this young Bulls team. Do you know know what I really love about uh, the way this team is doing it, Coach? Is You know, you're exactly right. It isn't like, oh, blah, 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 they won. It's more like this team has a focus, and you really feel like, they understand this is just the regular season. They're gonna, they're gonna, and yep. they're playing it out, and they're not getting over excited about Very it. Very mature not. approach. Yes, yes, absolutely mature is a great way to put it. A poised, mm-hmm. a poised way of looking at it. Uh, well, I think once uh, Omar Ashik took over the locker room halfway through the season, I think that's when they changed. Yeah, it, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. They couldn't understand a word he said, but I think when Omar got up and spoke, that was the turning point. Yeah, and especially when uh, Scalabrini <laughs> went down and hasn't been able to suit up, I was really worried about the team because let's let's admit it, they were undefeated in games he played, and then yes. all of a sudden he got hurt. Hey, so you you joke really, about it. Everybody, kids, uh, Scalabrini can play. People, Don't you kid people talk about the Noah and Boozer injury. Mm-hmm. But considering they had not lost the game when Scalabrini played, critical. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's something like he's like they're like twenty four and zero this year yeah. when he played. Yeah, they're running out of injuries for Scalabrini, by the way. If he gets another one, they may have to go to a body part that hasn't been reported yet in NBA annals. No, it's like a, uh, psychological distress from being a redhead. <laughs> that works. Yes. I think they tried that early in the year, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> it uh, worked. Yeah, but the kid can play. It's, it's, it's been a truly, truly a great story. And let's hope, uh, I, I know I'm looking forward to the NBA playoffs this year more than I have in many of many a year. Let's hope they don't bust out in the playoffs and, uh, you know, bring on the Orlando Magic in round two. It'd be awfully fun to watch. By the you way, know, a couple of new players available in the NBA draft. A couple of guys that have declared for the NBA draft. Uh, Butler, Shelvin Mack, although he has not hired an agent, Big Dog, he's still looking for an agent. I don't know if you're... No, 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 no. He's not looking for an agent, Coach. He has not he hired. Is doing it. He is doing it the exact right way. His junior year, he's declared himself eligible. He's going to go through the whole process, mm-hmm. go to the pre-draft camps, 
and then he's going to go back to his senior year uh, with Butler. Eventually, he'll get an agent after the next year, but oh. he'll know the stuff that he needs to work on, and he'll have raised his level of play. Every single college basketball player who gets the invitation and it has the ability to say, yes, we will invite you to the pre-draft camp. You should do it without hiring an agent. Every single player should. Hmm. For the ex- that has an opportunity because that way, it, it, okay, it, it did not help Demetri McCamey or Mike Davis's play whatsoever this year. But typically, it'll. Uh, there's been a lot of players that it's really helped because they mm-hmm. they go to that you know the NBA pre-draft camp and some people be like, hey, you're you're an excellent shooter, but and you dribble great with your right hand, but you have no left-hand game in the NBA. You have to have both hands. Mm-hmm. The next year, you know, they work on it their whole senior year, mm-hmm. and then they end up having a solid you have NBA career. disappointed many uh, wannabe lawyers out there and first-time sports agents that were looking to hop on the Shelvin Mac bandwagon. But on the other end, Big Door, your comments have eminently excited many of our Indiana basketball fans listening, particularly Butler fans who now have hope. Via you, the Polish Prince, that Chelvin Mack will be coming back next year. Oh, yeah, he's coming back, Coach. It's all good. Okay. I mean, it, it, that, it makes sense with Chelvin Mack because he, since he's not playing, uh, I shouldn't say he's not playing at a high level, since in a way he plays, what, about 10 games against uh, certain NBA prospects every single year? Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm getting at? I don't know how to really quantify that, but I think for someone like that, it's a little bit more important. Somebody going to Butler who gets – 10 to 15 games against NBA prospects. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to love guys that perform. You're alluding to the schedule that Butler plays. But yeah. you got to love guys, if you're an NBA prospect, who perform their best against the best competition. That's a, not the only indicator, but it's a big one. Oh, it's a huge indicator. Yep. I mean, let's, let's be honest. So you, you get a – obviously the kid can play basketball, Coach, mm-hmm. because uh, you don't go to the NCAA final game twice and, you know, maybe he wasn't the best player on the team the last couple of years, but you're, you're talking about a guy who played perfectly in a team concept. Right. And I think he's like the type of guy that no matter what system he goes in, he'll know his role in it, mm-hmm. hear it out and play his butt off. The next thing you know, you look up and he's a really good player on a good team. Big shots. Guy has the ability to hit big shots in big games, no question about it. Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, a couple of guards recently that have declared for the draft too, big dunk. So the Bulls are looking for a backup point guard, maybe a two guard. That's right there for the taken. Uh, you know that Kemba Walker. What's that? Somebody asked, hey, what'd you think about Kyrie Irving? He's supposed to go number one overall. I said, he looks pretty good in a suit on the end of the bench. <laughs> in, in the four college games he played, he looked pretty good, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh, he's from, what, how am I supposed to answer yeah. that? Uh, stay, know, in really not, yeah, stay in yeah, school. Stay in school, fool. Come on. Play one more year. Stay one, he really should stay, should stay one more year. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to be number one, if somebody right now told me, Joel, you're going to be the number one player in the in the NFL draft, I'd mm-hmm. give up what I was doing. Not me. Go. Okay. I stay for the academics. <laughs> I don't know, Coach. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Now, you're absolutely right. You can't pass that up money-wise or opportunity-wise. But uh, either way, and, uh, you look at your Bulls for next year, Big Dog, if you could pick a position for them to draft. And I know probably be able to better answer this question when the playoffs are over. Hopefully a nice long run for the Bulls. But if you were looking at the draft right now, what what is the spot you think the Bulls should be picking? You know, it's funny. Is a lot of times if you're the best team in the league, you can take the best overall player available because you're talking about you're drafting 30th. But I think you have to take a shot at a, at either most first and foremost shooting guard, and then the second thing would be small forward because 
Noah and Ashik at center. I'm pretty happy with that coach. Ashik. Boozer, Ashik. Boozer and Taj Gibson at power forward. Are you kidding me? The only thing I don't like about that combination is that Taj Gibson doesn't play enough. Lunch, lunch bucket. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that kid, Coach. Uh, and then you look at Lou Aldang. Maybe we need a little backup for him because there's really not – There's, I mean, like Ronnie Brewer playing mm-hmm. the three. That's kind of how they do it. You know, or they have Taj Gibson play the three. Kind of nice, though. You're, you're, you're drafting not so much out of knee. You look at the Bulls for next year, assuming they keep the primary core of the team. You're, you're drafting not for need. You're drafting for luxury. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then it, now um, – C.J. Watson is, is Derrick Rose's backup. Mm-hmm. They got him signed one more year. C.J. C.J. Watson's a really quality uh, backup point guard. Yep. So and, and since you, you got to figure Derrick Rose, if the if the Bulls are going to contend for an NBA championship, Derrick Rose is going to be healthy. Yeah. Okay. And he's probably but, only got that, he's probably only got two good years left. Derrick Rose, he's aging. Well, we'll stop. So assuming that point backup point guard doesn't end up being ever a gigantic. Concern because you got to figure. I mean, you'd want one, but that's like the least of your worries. Because if you truly are contending, mm-hmm. like if, if Derrick Rose went out, it didn't matter if he didn't have a good backup point guard because you weren't going to win the NBA championship anyways. So that's why shooting guard is because I like Ronnie Brewer, I like Kyle Korver, I like that that double matchup. But it would almost if you can get somebody with the same lunch pail mentality of I don't care what my numbers are by the end of the year, they'll be great. Mm-hmm. I'll just do whatever it takes my team to win. That type of and somebody that can shoot, drive, do everything. It'd be nice to have that as a as a shooting guard mm-hmm. in one player instead of mixing and matching with Corver, Brewer, and Bogan. NBA draft analyst Joel Radwanski joining us here on the Two Guys in a Mike Show. I love what uh, I think it was Flip Saunders of the last place or near last place Minnesota Timberwolves said. He said his team actually is shooting a very good field goal percentage or a very good percentage of shooting. Like almost a hundred percent, and the, you know, the media people are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" He goes, "Yeah, sixty percent from the free throw line, forty percent from the field." <laughs> when you're losing like that, big dog, you got to keep a sense of humor. I don't even know if it is. Is it Flip Saunders coach in Minnesota? I think that's no, him. No, no. it's got to be done by now. Flip Saunders, yeah. I, no way he's still coaching uh, Flip, oh, in Minnesota. Flip is coaching somebody though, right? I don't think so. No. <sighs> Doesn't really matter. Hard to say he. He was uh, he was Minnesota's coach for ten years, coach. He, coaching and then he also the, coached in Detroit, but I don't think he's in Detroit. I was going to say, is he coaching the Pistons now? Maybe not anymore. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Hold on, David Olson, our producer extraordinaire, checking that out. The answer is Washington Wizards. Ding 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 ding. Okay. Who could have forgotten the illustrious career of a flipper sounder? Actually, did a pretty good job coaching a couple of those teams. Which makes a lot of sense because you. Those guys can't shoot at all in Washington. Mm-hmm. So that, that doesn't maybe the maybe the Timberwolves should bring in like a Bobby Knight to coach. Bobby Knight, by the way, wanted the UNLV job from uh, our inside sources, Big Doug, and we've got a lot of inside sources. Most of them come from watching ESPN. But uh, yeah, Bobby Knight wanted that gig and a couple others, but so far nobody hiring B Knight. Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV just hired a coach, I believe, an ex-player. Who was the number one assistant at Brigham Young, the university? Dave okay. Rice. I got to be quite honest with you. I would not give Bobby Knight a job at my university. Yeah, but wouldn't Bobby Knight in Las Vegas? That would have been good, good entertainment. 
Out of I, all I think there would have been a country. I, you're right. I can see him fitting in at, at UNLV. Uh, or, or not fitting it. But either way, I think it would have been in good theater. You want to impress me, Bobby? Now, you want to stand by your morals about everything that you are. Why don't you go back to Army and mm-hmm. coach them up? Not bad. You're, you're such a great coach. I like that. You're all about education uh-huh. and all that other crap. Did you see his son, Patrick Knight, uh, got a head coaching job? He, he got he was yeah because he was at Texas Tech got fired got let go mm-hmm. handled it very classily and some other Southern school picked him up I was surprised what what Ar- one did maybe like an Arkansas Little Rock I could be wrong but but he did get hired as a head coach I still love what um, remember the famous <laughs> famous quote from Bobby Knight uh, when he coached the U S Olympic team or the uh, World team whatever it was and they beat China mm-hmm. you remember that. And in the, in the media press conference afterwards, he says, well, what do you think of be about beating China? He goes, you know, it's sort of like Chinese food. One hour after you, one hour after you play him, you want to play him again. <laughs> that's the kind of comments. That's the kind of stuff you'd love to hear from a Bobby Knight, like at a school like UNLV. I thought that would have been, uh, I was kind of hoping for that marriage. I, I just can't stand the fact that all those years he's like rip, ripping the press and, and belittling people and then he ends up becoming a part of the press. I mean, this is kind of, there's so many different things about Bobby Knight that he has been a hypocrite about. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I really, I can't stand that guy, Coach. And it, it does have a lot to do with the fact that I'm a diehard Illinois basketball fan and mm-hmm. he was Indiana's head coach. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. All right. Well, you know, that it's, it's that part of it. The feeling is mutual because I know, again, our inside sources tell us that Bobby Knight is not that fond of you either. So it works both ways. I would love to meet him in a dark room, Coach. <laughs> Oh, he probably would too, but for a different reason. All right. <laughs> we will take a quick break. When we come back, we got some NHL playoffs to break down. The big dog, Joe Radwanski, our hockey expert, will uh, break it down for you a little bit. We also got NFL news, some of which includes our beloved Chicago Bears. We got all that and more. We'll touch back on baseball too. And you, the listener out there, could join the party. Dial it up at 888-463-6748 right now. Quick break on the two guys at a mic show. Talkzone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com welcome back two guys and a mic show talkzone.com half number two after the brief halftime break we are back we won the toss we elected to receive so we will take the ball thank you very much Big Dog, let me ask you this. Uh, if an athlete gets athlete's foot, what does an astronaut get? Uh, I think it's, it's up a little bit higher in the area uh, on, nope. on your body. Nope, it's still in the footyol region. Oh, it is? It's, yep. not, it's not on your buttock? It is not. They get mistletoe. I thought you said, it, thought you said an astronaut was getting it. If an, oh, they, you could go that way, too. 
Now, if an athlete gets athlete's foot, the astronaut simply gets mistletoe. Thank you very much. Hey, that really sucks. Thank you. I completely agree with that. NHL playoffs are about to... I'm going to tell my, my, my eight-year-old godson that, Coach. That's a good joke. God bless you. Uh, NHL playoffs starting tonight here in Chicago. Defending champion. That still sounds good to say. It sounds a little hollow, A, because they snuck in as an eighth seed, and B, because half the team is gone. But the Blackhawks take on the Vancouver Canucks. A lot of psychological angles to this matchup, Big Dome, one of which is the goaltenders, Robert Luongo, has been very good, but rarely against the Blackhawks. First yeah. of all, before we break that down, Ronnie Santo, if you could tell us a little bit about Vancouver goalie Roberto Luongo. Uh, well, uh, well, well, Coach, uh, he likes to work quickly. <laughs> and he definitely loves to play goalie when when his team is ahead okay. in, in, in the count of the score. Does he like to go pad save left? I, know, I don't know about that, but he likes to keep his pads low in the zone, okay. Coach. How yeah, does he... So. Uh, does he have a weakness in the five spot, or is he uh, handle that? I, I, don't, I don't know, Patrick, but his girlfriend doesn't look very happy. Okay. Thank you, Ronnie. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you were, I'm from Seattle. You were going to comment on the psychological angle, because as we all know, the Canucks have had a bit of trouble the last couple of years getting over the hawk. Yeah, and, and Roberto Luongo has been one of the top goalies in all of hockey for about four or five years. And the whole time the, the Hawks have owned him. We've been that one team that, you know, they'll have, you know, like five wins in a row, a couple shutouts. They'll come into the United Center and they'll light him up for like five goals, coach. Yeah, we're not just talking about like games where it was tied 1-1 and he let up a big goal late, which has happened a couple times. We're also talking about absolute annihilation mm-hmm. where the, the Hawks have beaten them. Like they gotten like six goals off the guy in like two periods. Mm-hmm. It's happened twice in the playoffs in the last two years. No, there's only five goals, but still, five goals in the playoffs? Are you kidding me? So it's Gut, it's, gut instinct uh, as we come into the series, and we know the Hawks lost a lot of their offensive firepower, and Vancouver has picked up a little bit more athleticism than they did last year. But your gut feeling coming in, can the Hawks pull off the upset, or you think Vancouver rolls? No, no, no. They absolutely can pull off the upset. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you didn't ask me if they were, because I, I've got to be honest with you, Coach. I haven't watched as much Blackhawk hockey as I did last year. It isn't. It isn't because oh, they won and I'm done with them. I, I just it's been. I've been extremely busy, so I have not watched as much Blackhawk hockey. So I can't be like oh, definitely. But when you consider the goalie is the most important position in all of sports, even more so than possibly even quarterback in football, for some reason. This really important. And if you have a goalie back there, and the Hawks all of a sudden, what if they score two goals in the first period? Duncan Keith gets a, a slap shot. There's a, then there's a power play, and all of a sudden, you know, Luongo's thinking like, oh, no, we're the number one seed, and I'm going to blow it. That stuff can happen. The number one seeds choke a lot in the first round in the mm-hmm. NHL. This Legitimately, there's the only thing that we can say about the Blackhawks is that they're not going to have home ice advantage. That does not mean that they won't be the favorites in the next round of, of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's something about the hockey playoffs, coach. There legitimately is 16 teams in the tournament. We'll see who ends up on top at the end. All right, so you brought up uh, kind of a key point early on psychologically, and I think, and I agree with you, for the Blackhawks to get off to a good start, jump on Vancouver early, mm-hmm. and it can get them thinking. They lose to the Canucks a couple of games or even get behind in game one, Vancouver might, um, and, and they do appear to have superior talent anyways. So getting off to an early lead is going to be key for the Hawks. Yeah, and, and, and who knows? I don't know what it is about the, the hockey playoffs, but your seedings don't mean anything. And they even reseed. So, like, when the Hawks... uh 
when the, if, if the Hawks beat Vancouver, they're not going to be playing the four or five teams. They're going to be playing the two or the three that is remaining. If they are remaining, because if, if you remember the East last year, wasn't the East the four, the six, the seven, and the eight that advanced? Last season, coach. Like I remember. Before. I remember there it was crazy. There was a lot of low seeds. I, you know, East and West. I'm I can't. Sure it was it, the four beat the five, and then mm-hmm. six beat three, seven beat two, eight beat one. Yeah, wasn't it? I the, know Washington lost lost last year as the number one overall seed. Was it last year or two years ago where the Flyers were like the eighth seed and they almost won the whole darn thing? That was, that was last year. Yeah, right? that was last year, yeah. and it was. Uh, um, well, it didn't happen for them, did it? Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's happened. The eighth seed has gotten to the Stanley Cup Finals. At least three times since 1987. At least three times, Coach. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more like four. That's that's a lot. The, the eighth seed in basketball has made it to the NBA Finals one time, and it was the Knicks in '99, and that was a 55. That was a 50 game season. So, you know what? That I mean, you throw that one out. So mm-hmm. different than all the sports. It truly is a brand new season. Uh, good drama. Looking forward to watching it. It starts tonight. The NHL playoffs. The Stanley. Cup, one of the great trophies, maybe the greatest trophy visually and by name, big dog, in all the sports. I mean, you got the green jacket and the Masters. Uh, you know, the World Cup is the most prestigious worldwide, but you look at the actual cup, it's nothing. But the trophy itself, could one say the Stanley Cup is the greatest physical trophy in all the sport? That we know of, Coach, yes. And considering there's only one of them, that is really, really cool. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have to go with Stanley Cup is the best. That yeah. I know of, and you get the drink from it. In addition, yeah, but Bob Bob Bowie took it. He defecated in it. So ever <laughs> since then, and that's no joke. I mean, that's sick, dude. And that's just nasty. So. Yeah. Now, the, you know, interesting because I've rarely, if ever, heard of Bob Bob Bowie because he's part of the Howard Stern show, right? Yes. That's All right. right. I'm and reading an article today. That, being the true professional that I am, following the media, big dog, ESPN magazine has a new. Editor-in-Chief. The guy's from Highland Park, Illinois. I think his name is Chad Miller or Chad something or other, but he's got some connection because I'm reading in the story that either he is Baba Booey or he's a producer. There was some connection whether he can still do this and be Baba Booey. And I didn't even know who Baba Booey was. But somehow that character is connected to the new Editor-in-Chief at ESPN Magazine. How's that for some? Wow. And he's from Highland Park. Bob Bowie's from Highland Park. Well, again, I got to reread the article, but he's the new editor in chief of ESPN magazine, and there was some conflict whether that character would be able to continue on. I can't say specific if he's the actual guy. I got very confused reading it, and I didn't really worry about it until you just brought up the name Bob Bowie again. You, you know, Coach, I'm um, I have a lot more questions than answers after you brought broached the subject. Yes, I have a lot more questions, too, and I'm the one who brought it up. <laughs> Thoroughly confused myself, but uh, it's actually not a bad thing to do. I think I would recommend that to people out there. Big dog, confuse yourself every once in a while. You work your way in circles. That's good. It keeps the bloodstream moving, if you know what I mean. Well, it's worked for me my whole life. Did we lose the big dog? Hello? Oh, okay. Okay. It's worked for me my whole life, Coach. Oh, it's worked for you your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. Big Dog and the Coach with you up until 11 o'clock, folks. Phone lines open. we got any hockey fans out there. Even though the two of us are not uh, exactly hockey experts, we'll play one for an hour a day, five days a week, one hour a day, five in total. And dial it up, 888-463-6748. We'll be covering that story. And, of course, we here uh, will not deny that we've got our hometown favorite Chicago Blackhawks. we got a little... A little bit of uh, homerism going on, Big Dome, but we'll do our best to cover the uh, playoffs, uh, you know, as objectively as we can. I don't even know if there's a favorite out there. Are the Washington Capitals the prohibitive favorite? Yeah, well, I... No, no, no. They, they can't possibly be coached because they have had, as the number one and I think number two the year before, they've lost in the first round of the playoffs. They have to prove they can play in that second season that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's why. Okay. I mean, that's why. <clears throat> And really, throw out the throw out the number in front of the team. It really doesn't mean anything anymore. All right, so so there is no prohibitive favorite in this year's Stanley Cup. Ab- absolutely not. I, I guess technically you would have to say Vancouver, and some or maybe even Boston because Boston has Tim Thomas mm-hmm. in goal, but no prohibitive, no okay. by no means. Coach. All right, makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. Sort of like the uh, NCAA tournament. Fill out your bracket, Stanley Cup style. Very, very good. All right, we'll cover no, that, you, but uh, we, we, I want to jump to football real quick, too, Big Dub, because your Chicago Bears were in the news. I think you know what I'm talking about. No, you're going to have to tell me what the heck ah! happened with the Bears. Reactionary Sports Talk Radio once again here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. The Bears, now they haven't come out with a full NFL schedule. but no, they but haven't. they came out with a preseason schedule, right. Well, which is... Arguably one of the more exciting days in sports, isn't it? I, I, when I was actually, I, now I know what you're talking about yesterday, Coach, because I got up early yeah. and I, I got the paper and it was yeah. as exciting as usual. I'll tell you, the, the day they come out with that preseason schedule, it's just, that and the beginning of the Major League Baseball season, Big Dar, probably my two favorite sports days. I know, I spilled my Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> I'm going with Reese's Puffs lately, by the way, over the Cocoa Puffs. Oh, uh, seriously? Yeah, the Reese you is eat not sugary bad. Sugary cereals? I was joking. You, there's no way that you eat cereal, sugar, yeah, sugary cereal. So. Your, your Reese's Puff cereal go about 12 grams of sugar per serving. Not horrible. Not good, but not horrible. Yeah, but what about all the other preservatives and other crap that they put in that stuff? Yeah, some of the and preservatives I, I like. And I'm sure that cereal is delicious. I just have yep. never had it. Yeah, very good with a little skim milk, a little snap, crackle, pop, rice, crispy nah. style. Very, very good. I got to go with the whole milk coach. Yeah, I tell you what, cereal uh, just getting off track quickly is dominating, dominating. I mean, they are the uh, 1960 UCLA Bruins of kids cereal right now, and that is cinnamon crunch toast or cinnamon toast crunch. Do we have that at the house? That's that's oh, there's always a box of that. Yeah, well, and you're criticizing me for the sugar content. There's at least you go 12 grams on the cinnamon crunch toast. Did, did I say I eat it? <laughs> Yes, David. A healthier alternative to the Cinnamon Toast Crunch are the new Cinnamon Cheerios, which are ah, fantastic. My, my kids love them. Have not no, tried no, that. That's definitely going to be tried here. With Probably. Thank you very much for letting me know about that. I love multi-grain Cheerios. That's my favorite cereal, I think. Well, they, they, they've got like a whole Cheerio section now. There are like 10 different kinds of Cheerios. Mm-hmm. Why your, not? There's a lot it. of oats in the world. So well, there you go. Might you, got, as well. you got your banana nut. You got your chocolate Cheerios. Yeah. You got your frosted. Excellent. You got Excellent. your honey nut. You Delicious. got your regular. Ooh, you got your multi grain. Liking it. Uh, you got your frosted. Yep. The, uh, uh, the cinnamon apple. Excellent. Apple I'm, not, I'm not too fond of the apple one. No, 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 no. Because see, you expect them to taste yeah. like apple jacks, and they don't. And they got I a tried real the uh, taste. The avocado Cheerio, not also not recommended. That's that's actually delicious, Coach. Not you just really. have to eat it with like an iced milk. 
You know, have you ever had avocado smoothie, Coach? <clears throat> I have not. I'm a huge avocado oh fan. I just don't want to drink it. Uh, Coach, the best smoothie of all smoothies are avocado smoothies. You Ugh. need to go to like a little Vietnamese town because mm-hmm. you'll be a giant first and foremost. You're six foot two. Seriously, mm-hmm. they might like carry you around and like <laughs> as if you go to just walk up Broadway, like around 5400 North Broadway, Coach. Get an avocado <laughs> shake and stop in a hookah bar, and we're all we're, you'd be a happy man. Well, no, the, they don't have hookah bars in Viet, in Vietnam. Ah, too you got bad. other stuff. You don't want to go into those dens. <laughs> For layers, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. All right. So, but uh, as you go to fifty two twenty six North Broadway, right mm-hmm. there, there's a place that you can get the most phenomenal avocado shake, and you got to get the tapioca in the bottom of it. That because you know the, I mean, it's this is pure Vietnamese. They won't, they mm-hmm. won't even know what you're talking about when you speak so, English in there. Is it? A, it's a sweetened shake. Oh, oh well, I don't know what they do with it, Coach. But all they just take a whole avocado. Yeah. And they put. And then they blend it up, and it's a smoothie. And it's the most delicious. I mean, I, every time I'm in the neighborhood, I go out of my way and I get one of these. They're so they're so freaking delicious. And the tapioca on the bottom mm-hmm. somehow gives everything the flavor. Oh, Coach, it's so good. I can't. I, like legitimately, there there's Asian people right now listening to this program, and they want an avocado smoothie. Just here, just hearing the words. You're almost drawing me in. I'm a big tapioca fan, too. Very underrated food. You don't have it enough. Love tapioca. And Love is, avocados. I just don't like them uh, in a smoothie, and I don't like them together. Yeah, well, how do you know, Coach? You're right. I haven't tried it. I just I, somehow the, I don't know. You cut, cut the avocado in half. I know everybody makes guacamole out of them, but I also highly recommend cutting it in half, squeezing lemon over it, a lot of salt. A little bit of pepper and just scooping it out of the dish. Off See, I don't need I don't need any of that. I oh, can legitimately good. just eat it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, the avocados are so good for you. Mm-hmm. All so, right. Somehow we got into that off of the uh, preseason football schedule in our Chicago Bears. But uh, I think you're aware, maybe not though, Big Dog. That and again, no date set yet. But the Chicago Bears will be playing a game in London, England this year, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the favorite team of the Englanders. Uh, Really? In October, possibly? Probably. I'm going, Coach. Yeah. I am going. Bucks and the Bears in London, England. We're going to be the feature game for the NFL. I am definitely, without a doubt, going to that game, Coach. Mm-hmm. I will uh, talk to our general manager, Chris Whitting, the commander-in-chief. I don't think there will be any problem getting him to foot the bill uh, as a paid professional for our show. Now, they have it at Wembley Stadium, don't they? I believe that's where they put Okay, and I'm telling you, I'm going to be there. And when they say, when they sing "God Save the King," mm-hmm. Queen, I'm going to change the lyrics, Coach. <laughs> I'm almost afraid to ask. I cannot wait to sing "Bear Down, Chicago Bears" in Wembley Stadium, <laughs> and that's because um, somebody invited me to take me to Europe mm-hmm. in October, and that game's always in October, right? Mm-hmm. Next year. So how perfect is that? I was just told it's not even 12 hours ago. Okay. There we go. Sports reactionary Joe Rodwanski. We're also going to be the, uh, uh, you know, I guess now that the Bears made the championship game, they've become a big media target. Once again, the NFL going to take advantage of that, but we're going to be the Hall of Fame preseason game, which is August 7th. Of course, all this is only if the NFL lockout comes to an end, which we hope it will. But to the very first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game, big dog, will be the Bears taking on the Cleveland Browns. I don't want anything to do with that game. August 7th. I don't want anything to do with that game. Five mm-hmm. preseason games for the Bears, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that, that, that is painful thought. Mm-hmm. That's about three too many. Yeah. Yeah. 
But on the, on the bright side, they get to start practice a week earlier. So Camp Camp Lovey will start a week earlier. You get to do that because of playing in the Hall of Fame game. Mm-hmm. Might help the team down the road. Maybe they can get a Todd Collins ready to quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in there. Well, that that's good to know, Coach. Yeah. If have, gonna, they, have, have they thrown him out to sea yet? I, they had the at sea burial in Lake Michigan. I think that they had. I did read a bear obituary a couple of months ago. I believe it involved Mr. Taddeus Collins. Okay. I'm hoping so. Not not for sure, though. Not for sure. All right. 888-463-6748. The phone number, Big Dog and a Coach, up to 11 o'clock. Back at you tomorrow. If you like the show, spread the word. We're trying to pass the uh, pass the word on. Spread the truth. Thank you very much. That's been our motto for a long time here on the show. Other side of the glass, producer extraordinaire David Olson. And uh, we talked about Cubs and Sox, Big Dog, returning to baseball very quickly. Some games yesterday, and again, I didn't catch the uh, Dodgers-San Francisco late score. You'll have to help me out on that one. But I do know the Tigers beat the Texas Rangers, cooled off the hottest team in baseball, and they did it in the final at bat. Miguel Cabrero getting the bases loaded, hit to bring in two runs. That was uh, probably the game of the night, was it not? Uh, that was a that was a pretty good game. The the Giants and Dodgers game was pretty good. This kid Darren O'Day comes in and he walks two people in front of Miguel Cabrera to load the bases in a tie game when mm-hmm. you're on the road. I don't know if it's me. I'm throwing Ryan Rayborn strikes, coach. If, if Miguel Cabrera is on deck, there's just you know just throwing it out there. A lot of people you don't want to see in that situation hitting, and Miguel Cabrera is probably in the top ten mm-hmm. or top three. Yeah. Tigers win that game 5-4. Again, Texas up until then. What big deal? 9-1 coming in? Mm-hmm. So that cools them off a little bit. On the other hand, the streak continues of the negative variety for your Boston Red Sox. Tampa Bay knocks them off 3-2. Uh, to two. David Price pitching good, gets his first win of the year. Red Sox lose again, becoming a trend. Joe Radwanski. Yeah, you know, David Price is pretty good, but, you know, he's not going to win a lot of games because the Rays, well, you, who knows if they – they can get their act together too. They always have a lot of uh, good young talent, so maybe they won't be as bad as, as we think they're going to be. But wow, uh, people in Boston are losing their minds, coach. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. It's uh, they break down. They, they don't handle uh, disappointment while in Boston. Well, they better get used to it. And again, this could be, we could possibly be looking back at this about five months later and say this start was the best possible thing that happened to them. Because it shaked the cobwebs loose to you know get the, get the confidence factor down a little bit, rebuild the team. You know you got the talent there, so there is that scenario, big though. They're going to come back. The old story: what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That might be the case for the Red Sox here early on. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They mm-hmm. have a long way to start climbing, coach. And a lot of teams like Baltimore and Toronto, and Toronto looks pretty legit, coach. Mm-hmm. That's going to be like a strong team, and they got 18 games against them this year. They've got, what, like 18 or so against Baltimore. They're, they're, Boston better start winning soon because there comes a point where when you're 2-9, and nine, I mean, you have to start playing baseball eventually, Coach. Do you know what I mean? Yep. But the the comments would be a little bit deeper and more urgent, shall we say, if we were about 35 games into the season, not 11. And we're still seven games below 500? Yes. Yeah, okay, I, you know. Yep. Well, if there's seven games below 500 at that part, it's, uh, 
people in Boston are going to lose their mind. Right, another hot ball club out there, the Cleveland Indians. They get cooled off yesterday, two to nothing. You want your early Cy Young Award candidate in the American League. It's ridiculously early, but if they gave it right now, Big Dog Dan Herod might be your guy. He goes complete. I believe yesterday, a complete yeah. game, eight strikeouts, one hit. He's been on fire. Anaheim cools off the dominant Cleveland Indians. Uh, attacking the strike zone, and he looks absolutely phenomenal. Ever since uh, he w- he went from uh, uh, the D-back to the to the Angels coach, he's been pitching phenomenal. He had a great last month of the season last year. He's a great pitcher. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't talk about him, but he's a yeah. great pitcher. Remember back in my Pony League days, that was my strategy. I did it very well. I did attack the strike zone. And that's one thing I did. I would attack the strike zone on a regular basis. Only problem was it would attack me as well as balls were shot over my head on a regular basis. That's usually not a good sign, folks. Yeah, but you got to attack the strike. Make him get on base anyway, but a walk. Walks are like slow death. Oh, I, oh, I couldn't agree more. And, mm-hmm. and the Angels have a really good defense. They, uh, as a matter of fact, they moved. Uh, Tory Hunter, the right field, and they have Vernon Wells playing left, and they've got Peter Bourgeoisio, or mm-hmm. whatever the heck his name is. Who had a home run last night, by the way, okay. for the Angels. Tory Hunter, a great catch in right center. So, hey, you know what? If you got defense behind you like that, throw strikes. All right. What the heck is that? It's that cool California air. You don't hit home runs easy on that mm-hmm. stuff. So. I always thought my pitching career could have gone farther if I could have played like softball style. I needed a short center out there. That 10th person, because most of the hits were right up the middle, right behind me as I olayed many a line drive back at the pitcher's mound. Well, you didn't get in a good fielding stance after you threw the ball. Considering you were so afraid of being hit by yes. the ball as a batter, you would think that well, you would do the Greg Maddox and, and be in perfect fielding position. No, I, I was. I did. You're exactly correct. I was in perfect fielding position, followed through. Everything was perfect, but when the ball was hit to me, I uh, I went to Spanish Matador. I went, ole! And then I was looking for my short center fielder and realized that we weren't playing softball anymore. But I was in perfect position before the, the ball was hit. You didn't pitch very much, did you? That's a long story, one which we can't get into. Big Doe, we got to wrap up today's show. Uh, great job, as always. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Uh, any final thoughts as we let you go, Doug? Uh, go Cubs. Get this thing done. <laughs> Way to fire out that enthusiasm. All right. Go, go, go Blackhawks. There you go. We'll retrack it up again tomorrow. We want to thank everybody out there for listening. David Olson, our producer, thanks for putting up with us. It's the two guys at a mic show, and it's TalkZone.com. Back at you 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late. Have a great day, everybody.